0: We're holding In the beginning of Chodesh Elul And we just read Parashat Shoftim Parashat Shoftim We found a description As we spoke on Shabbat Of what to do when you go for a war And I recently came across Something very interesting You know, President Biden Before he was president Years before he was president He was a senator And at the time when he was a young man, he himself says a story. He himself says a story that he was a young young senator. He went to meet. He went to, to Israel and he met with Prime Minister then uh, Golda Meir. Anybody saw that clip of video that he talks about it? really <laughs> <laughs> So he describes, anybody can see it it's uh, public he describes and he says that when he spoke to Golda Meir the pre- prime minister right before the, the um, Yom Kippur War he describes the meeting with her as really heartbreaking she told him how dire the situation for the new country is how the many countries that are surrounding Israel are planning to fight, and they are well armed, and they're much more equipped than this small new country is. And she went through explaining to him all the very, very harsh situation that the land of Israel, the new country of Israel is. And he himself felt, he says that he felt heartbroken, he felt despaired, And as she was looking at him, she looked at his face and she saw he was troubled very much. That's the way he describes it. And then he says that she turned to him and she told him, why you look so despaired, why you look so heartbroken. And he told the prime minister, he told her, what do you mean? You just explained to me this very hard situation that you're in. I feel very hard. And she told him that, I forgot to tell you, we have a secret weapon. And he thought, that's the way, again, that's the way he he says the story. He thought that she means the real Atomic um, atomic bomb, secret weapon. And she told him that the secret weapon of the Jewish nation is, is that they have no other land and they have no other choice. And when you have no other land and you have no other choice, you fight and you win a war even against all odds. And this is what we found in our parasha, Parashat Choftim, which tells us that when you go to a war, certain things, you go to a war, first you have to ask to make peace between the the, the people you're planning to fight and so on. The Rambam tells us how to Declare how to start a war before you even start a war. He says, "Exodus, when you seize a war, uh, a city in order to conquer it, don't surround it from all four sides. You surround three walls and you leave one, one side for the people in the city to be able to escape." Anybody that would like to escape, he's welcome. <laughs> That's the command of HaKadosh Baruch Hu to Moshe Rabbeinu. This is how you fight the war. The Or Samech explains, what's the psychology behind it? He says that very point that Golda Meir said. What's the point? When you have people in that city that have no way to escape. They see their end, they'll fight above their means, above their strength. And then, you're unlikely to to win such a war. So therefore, you give them a way to escape when a person knows, in the back of his mind, psychologically, that he has another way to get out. So his fight, his war, is not with all his strength. When we come to the month of Elul, we need to realize that right now, we're coming towards a war, a Din Torah, Din, in beddin Din, shal shamayim, without being able to escape. We have to fight with all our might, with all our strength. Because, at this Din Torah, this Din, Shemayim, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu judges every year on Rosh Hashanah, the entire world, there's no escaping No one gets out. Everybody being judged for every act that he made throughout the year, throughout his life. And therefore, now is the time we have this one month of preparation. We have to put all that we can into it. When the Torah tells us the right way of being able to succeed in that judgment, being able to survive the judgment, being able to be successful and get a good judgment, there is an interesting insight that the Torah tells us. And that is that we should do <coughs> things the way HaKadosh Baruch Hu himself does. Ve'alakta bedrachav, Ve'alakta bedrachav, Chachamim tell us that mahu chanun hafatah chanun. mahu rachum rachum. Which means you have to try to see how HaKadosh Baruch Hu be- behaves in this world to us, to the, to the people, to the world. And imitate him. Do the same thing as he does. That's the reason that we have Yudgimel Midot Rachamim saying over and over in Selichot. Why do you repeat that over and over? The reason is because those Yudgimel Midot has in them all those that we need to imitate, all those that we need to do exactly in order, in, like HaKadosh Baruch, in order to be able to make it through the Yom Adin. Now, the Gemara says, in Rosh Hashanah, the Gemara says, Asu lefana'i Yud Gimel Midot Rachamim. What's the lashon? Asu lefana'i Yud Gimel Midot Rachamim. It doesn't say, Imru lefana'i. It says, Asu lefana'i. It's a strange lashon. The correct way to be able to, to describe it would be, do say, not to do. Do means that a person needs to imitate. It's not enough just to say it. Of course we say it, and we say it over and over throughout this Lichot. But the main re- the main purpose over here is to say and do. Not only say and leave it only with a lip service. You need to imitate a kadosh in the way you do things. And who's the one that describes exactly mm-hmm. the way? Those you give me, do needs to be implemented. That's the Tomer Dvorah. Sefer Tom, no, Tomer Dvorah was written by the Ramak of Moshe Kordevero about 500 years ago. He lived, he's a man that was the, beyond the giant. Just to give you a little bit of understanding, he's a Talmud of the Bet Yosef of Yosef Karo, and his rabbi. It, uh, his, his talmidim, his students are considered to be the Rizal. The Arizal learned the Kabbalah from him, although I don't think he met face to face with the Arizal, but the Torah that he wrote, the Ramoshik or the the Torah that he wrote inspired the Arizal uh, Kabbalah. Although the Arizal Kabbalah is different than the Ramak Kabbalah, there's different ways of how to learn Kabbalah, very different in each um, country also, they learn Kabbalah very, very differently. The Kabbalah is not one. It's just like you learn Halakha, there's different ways of learning Halakha, different ways of, of, of learning the Chumash. You see that the Rishonim that come from different countries, say the, their understanding in the Torah, very different. Same thing we found in Kabbalah, and even more so in Kabbalah. So Ashkenaz Kabbalah from Ashkenaz country is very different from the Sephardi Kabbalah. Very different, in many different ways. The one that brought down Kabbalah to be able to uh, actually um, be accessible to the people is the Arizal. His rabbi was of Moshe Godavero. Moshe Godavero also taught Rav Chaim Vital. So this is the man we're talking about. He's also another student that he had. is the Ramah Ripano, also a great Mekubal. We're talking about the greatest of the greatest. And he writes, he, he has few Sifrei Kabbalah, very much in depth. Again, it's not for us, but one Sifrei that he wrote that was a touch of Kabbalah with the understanding that anybody could implement, learn, understand, and implement is the Tomer Dvorah. And the Tomer Dvorah describes to us, the Yudgimel Midot Hochamim of, of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Those Yud Gimel Midot are the things that we need to implement, we need to copy and behave the same way. And we have a lot more to learn from here, I want to go through a couple of them, so we can understand, once you get a little bit of understanding, you can open the Sefer yourself, it's something that you could read, it's written also in many different uh, Languages. So, if you feel that you don't understand simple, it is simple Hebrew, simple, simple lashon Hakodesh. But if you still don't understand simple lashon Hakodesh, you could you could take a copy in English and read, and also follow the instructions of the mechaber. So it says over here. It starts off. It says like this: Adam A person is supposed to. Be it similar to Hakadosh Baruch Hu, and he is in the of Don't think that being similar, being like Hakadosh Baruch Hu, means physically the way we look. First of all, the Nefesh ha-chaim explains that when a person needs to be similar to Hakadosh Baruch Hu, when Hakadosh Baruch Hu created the men similar to him, kedmuto bezalmo, kedmuto. That doesn't mean that we physically like HaKadosh Baruch Hu, because HaKadosh Baruch Hu ain't lo demut, ain't lo demut aguf. Ain't lo, guf, lo demut aguf. It doesn't, It's not physical, so how are we similar to HaKadosh Baruch Hu? He says that we are similar, that's a Nefesh HaKadosh in the fact, and the manner that whatever we do, we create worlds, we are influencing anything that happens in this world. HaKadosh Baruch Creates worlds, Akadosh Buchu creates Yeshme'ain, we are able to do the same thing as well. That's a discussion of a Nefesh HaChaim. Over here he says that we need to be similar to Akadosh Buchu, and he says how. It's not necessarily a contradiction or something different than the Nefesh HaChaim. Nefesh HaChaim just tells you the results of our action, and he tells us what are the actions. And he says that we sh- must be like Akadosh Buchu in the way we do things. Otherwise you look physically you look very nice, maybe physically you could say that there is an aspect of looking like a kadosh who, but his actions are definitely not if you don 't follow the actions of a kadosh who the ways a Kadosh Buhu behaves, and he goes that 's the introduction and then he explains the very first midah, which is unbelievable unbelievable. it says like this it says. You know, there's two, there's two ways how to learn it. Hashem Hashem Kelachum Bechanun, that we say in Selichot, that it says in the Torah, or al mocha that it says in the Navi. So, the first Midah is like this. First Midah is to tell us that kadosh B'Chu is Melech Neelav. Melech Neelav is a humiliated king. And what does that mean? kadosh B'Chu is a humiliated king. What does that mean? Sovel bon ma shelo yechilehu raayon. HaKadosh is so humiliated by the human beings that we can't even tolerate and understand. He describes it. He says, obviously HaKadosh Buhu knows everything that happens in the world. Everything is in the... Is, is under the eye of Akadosh Baruch Hu. We have, HaFetz Chaim said, if we have technology today that we can do different things, we can tape different things, obviously Akadosh Baruch has that technology as well. So if we can tape events that happen, HaKadosh Baruch Hu also have a tape, has a tape recorder, and obviously he could tape things. If we have today surveillance camera on every corner and every street and every house and every store and we know what happens every moment and this is recorded and stored, who also has surveillance camera and he sees everything that happens every single moment. Who's the one that gives us life every second? Akedoshuhu. That's again we go to Nefesh HaChaim that explains that Akedoshuhu. That's the very beginning of the Nefesh HaChaim of Chaim of Every second, Akedoshuhu. Every given moment, Akedoshuhu gives life to the world. He not only gives life to the world; he also creates the world again. The, the world is created over and over and over again. He says over here. With that understanding, Who's the one that constantly gives you the energy, gives you the power to be able to sin when a person sins? Who's behind the sin that gives you the power, gives you the strength? That's HaKadosh Baruch Now this is something that's very humiliating. Imagine that HaKadosh Baruch is right now Giving you power in order that you can spit on Him. When we sin, what do we do? We're humiliating Him. We're we're spitting at Him. We're showing disrespect. Why? Because we know that HaKadosh Buhu, at this very moment, is watching me. He's watching me right now. I'm going to make a sin. I'm going to do something that I'm not supposed to do. That He told me I'm not supposed to do. He told me, don't do it. He told me that He'll take that personally. And still, while He's watching... I'm going ahead and doing that very sin against him. I'm, I'm, I'm spitting at him. I'm, I'm humiliating him. I'm, and it's more, even more so, he's the one that right now, at that very moment, while I'm doing it, gives me the energy. Imagine, you have a robot that what he does is that normally he's supposed to do whatever is programmed by you to do. So there's a vacuum robot, right? So he goes around, he wash, he he, he vacuums your carpets and so on. He does in your house whatever you need. Imagine that at any given point something would go wrong, and instead of going around and cleaning your house and cleaning your carpet, he'll take an egg. He'll go to the fridge. It's a robot. You can go open the fridge. He'll take an egg and take it and throw on you. Boom! All of a sudden you hit you hit with an egg. You're very surprised. You look, you see the robot. Something's wrong. At the next moment again, he goes to the fridge again, takes another egg, and he throws it on you. What would you do? Right away, you turn it off. Or if it's plugged to the electricity, you unplug it. And that's it. He won't do it again. But in the same time that he does it, would you go ahead and recharge it? Now the battery is dying. Would you recharge it that it keeps on e- throwing in your own eggs? That's, that's something no one will do. Nobody, Nobody will do it. Because doing such a thing just gets you armed more and more. Let's say you have a guest. You have a guest in your house. And also, instead of behaving the way you should behave, what would he do? He'll go to the fridge, to your fridge, take an egg and throw on you. Throw on your carpet, dirty your carpet. Then again, he does it over and over again. Would you... Would you go to the store and buy more eggs when the eggs are finished so you can continue throwing eggs on you and on your carpet and, and, and making your house dirty? Of course you wouldn't. What a kadosh does, he goes to the store, so to speak, he buys more eggs and he provides it to you at the same time you're doing it, you're throwing that egg on him. That's what the Torah explains over here. This is unbelievable humiliation for kadosh Kaddosh Buhu. It's called Melech Ne'elav. We are humiliating him, we're embarrassing him, we're degrading him, and with that very power that he gives us at that very moment, we are using it against him. That's unbelievable. How could a Kadosh Buhu tolerate going through such thing in order to provide us more of the same that we should we should humiliate him more and we should degrade him more? The answer is that when would you do that? There's only one scenario that a person would do that. He would provide the other more and more of the same thing that he uses against him. When would you do that? It's if it's your son. Only if it's your son. If you, if you have such a son, and you have a choice between <laughs> continuing giving him with the hope that one day he'll get better, you'll continue doing it. If it's not your son, it's a stranger. Or somebody that you don't feel. Sometimes today, in today's generations, there are many people that do that even not to their children, because they feel for the person, because they really have hopes in that person, because they really have a strong emunah, that that, that HaKadosh Boku gave him that very scenario in order to help out that person. But... You wouldn't do it otherwise. You don't do such a thing. You provide a person things to harm you, to go against you. If it's your son, you know that you have to do it sometimes in order that eventually you get better. And that's the reason HaKadosh Bukhu does it. So that's the very first Middah that we need to realize. That whenever you go to Shul and somebody does something to hurt you, to humiliate you, to embarrass you. And that very thing... You provide him, if you're able, to do it over and over again, without stopping, that's a middah that's beyond. And that is something that HaKadosh Baruch Hu does, and if you do it, you are middamei lekono. You are similar in that to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's the first mida. Arez mida middah she's harik he says. Retsonit. I mean, be tolerant to to others. You have to have the patience and tolerance even to that level. You continue to give him the good that you would give him even if he would not take it against you. Second midah. The second midah, he says over here, is greater even than the first midah. What could be already greater than the first midah? First midah was very, very extreme. What could be already more extreme than the first midah that we need to implement and be similar to HaKadosh Baruch Hu? He says over here, Share lo adam avon shelo Whenever a person sins, what happens then is that you create a mashkrit. You create an angel, a bad angel, that that angel harms in the world. Again, we spoke about the nefesh ha'chaim before. He says that we are like a kadosh vuchu that we create worlds, but we also destroy worlds. Now, when we're talking about worlds, it means spiritual worlds. That those worlds bring shefa, <laughs> brings the, all the good that we have in this world, or all the bad. Which means everything that happens here is a result of what happens in olamo, olamot ha'elyonim in the spiritual worlds. Who's the one affecting those worlds? We are. Whatever act we make in, we are having enough, you doing, making, influencing those worlds that bring shefa, whether it's a good shefa or a bad, or destruction to this world. So that's the way it works. One of the things that we're creating when we're sinning is a mashrit, a bad angel. When we do a good thing, we create good angels. When we do bad things, we're creating mashkhitim. Those mashkhitim, those bad angels, right away take action. They are they are there to start harming, to start destroying. They come to this world, they start destroying around this world. Whatever it is, they destroy the person that sinned, they destroy around him as well. That's the avot this is complete immediate result of the sin of the person that created me that creation that mashrit that bad angel needs life as well it's it's it's, a, it's something that's doing it's moving it's 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 doing it's a creation, who gives him life? A who has to give him life. He must give him life. Which means when we sinned, not only that we've created an angel, we also force A so to speak, to revive and give life to that very bad thing that's created in order to harm the world that, of, of A Kadoshbuchu. <laughs> Go, he should have said to the mashrit, go and take away from the person that created you. Now what does it mean to take away from the person that created you? It means that you take the life from that person. You take away from that person whatever he has, you take away. That person becomes sick, loyal, and that person becomes all kind, he has all kind of things that, a very, very v- bad that starts happening to that person. So a Kadosh Hu should have said, go to the person that created you, that made you, and you take away from him. HaKadosh B'Ruch doesn't do that, because if he does that, indeed, the person who sinned would be harmed very badly, sometimes won't be able to make it. <reporting> the Therefore, the second miday is nose avon mi'el kamocha nose avon the first miday was mi'el kamocha melekh ne'elav second miday is nose avon he carries the sin he carries the meshkit that was created now why is this important again we'll give a mashal lemashal is that you have somebody that stays in your house. And he's there for a while, you let him stay there for a month, two months, three months, you're trying to help this person. And this person made some bad decisions and got involved with the mafia. He did some bad things, and the mafia was getting already together with him, but they also blackmailed him. They want now... A certain amount of uh, what we call protection fee. They want protection. You have to provide us a certain amount of money, or we're we going after you, or we're we going to kill you. No. When you're mafia, when it's a serious business, it's not a regular person, it's a real uh, gangster, and he wants protection, you have no choice. You have to give it to him. Mm-hmm. That person that is, needs to pay the protection doesn't have that money. But what does he do? He goes to the host. He goes to the person he stays by, and he tells him, "Do me a favor. I got into a lot of bad, bad things, and I need money in order to be able to not get not 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 be killed by those uh, gangsters." If the person gives him, you might give it to him one time to help him out. That's it. But what happens if this very person that stays by him gets involved again? with another mafia with another story because another bad decision that he made and a third time and a fourth time he keeps on getting involved with the wrong people and he keeps on getting more he needs to give them more protection because he does again and again things that he shouldn't have done of course it's got to be a, st- a time that you put a stop to it look I can help you once and twice which is also something that that's not uh, I'm not supposed to do it I'm overdoing but keep on doing it, that's enough. You're, you're, you're on your own. At a certain point, you're on your own. This is the Midah of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. HaKadosh Baruch Hu sees that we are creating gangsters, and those gangsters, they need protection. They need something to live. And we come to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and He's the one that gives them whatever's needed, so they're not going to come back at us. That's what He says over here. Omed LeFanav the mashrit comes, the gangster comes, how could he... He needs to survive. He needs that protection. Hadin noten kadosh Go back to the person who created you. Go get your protection from the person you're after. And therefore he would go right away and take away from that person if he doesn't have enough. So he'll take away his life. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu carries that sin. He carries and he gives whatever's needed to the gangster. So this is an unbelievable. This midah says the Ramak is even greater than the first midah. Unbelievable. HaKadosh Baruch expects us to do the same thing. Ma 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 He has those judgements. Midot. You have to be like that. If we're able to implement those midot, then we are coming to Din Shamaim in Rosh Hashanah with totally different judgment because we are exactly like a kadosh vuchu. We are doing things that are beyond human ability to, 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 to behave in such a way. Next Midah. Next Midah will be here. But before we say the next Midah, I want to take you to the fourth Midah. And then we come back to the third Midah. The fourth Midah, again, I'm mentioning, and this is Lish Erit Nachalato. Lish Erit Nachalato means to those that are like him from his. So to speak, family, He says like this in the fourth midday. my relatives, they are part of my extended family, or even closer than extended. We are like the mate of a Korela Biti, Hashem calls us my daughter, achoti, my sister, imi, my mother, which means Hashem who relates to us as such a close relative, and that explains again the first midah and the second midah. When would you continue helping somebody that does something wrong over and over again by giving him more and more in order to protect him from those bad? people that he keeps on meeting. You wouldn't do it to anybody. Maybe once if you're Baal Chesed, maybe twice, but you won't keep on doing it on a regular basis unless it's your own child. Whenever it's your own child, (laughs) it has a different category. You have to protect your child from anything that happens, whether it's good, whether it's bad. He made bad decisions, he went in the wrong path, he went in the wrong way, he did the wrong things. He's still protected because you have no choice. He's your child. Your child is you. It means it's part of your flesh, and then you protect him. And that's the reason Hakadosh Baruch does it to us over and over again. Gimel, the third one. Over al pesha zumi gdola. This is a great midah. al shaliach When we sin, we need. Afterwards, to clean our mess. How do you clean your mess? You need to realize that when we sin, we create a mess. We create, we 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 made a lot of different things that needs to be now cleaned up. Who cleans it? Ena mechila liyad shliach elyah liyado mamash shel hakadosh b'ruk. He writes ki imchas elicha. Hakadosh b'rukh himself forgives. Ma is elicha shuachet avon the way he explains this is like this now we spoke about the person that's staying in your house and the person that throws eggs at the carpets and he messes the house he makes the place dirty who needs to clean when the day is over you tell him, hello you made a mess, clean after you you can't leave a mess who cleans our mess when you do a sin a sin you create a lot of bad things. A kadosh who comes and he cleans everything out. That's a great midah, he says. Zomidah Gdola. Not only once, he keeps on doing it. Every day you are making again the carpet dirty with the eggs you threw around. You played eggs. You played foot fights in, uh, in his house again and again. He comes in the evening and he cleans after you. That's something that's not uh, unheard of. Let's see how he says it inside. <noc·> that <introductions> <speaking self> <speaking staff> the Why? Why? He's asking <speakingination> why. Why is it that the is the one that forgives you in order to fear a Hu, if you know that a Hu is the balabai that comes every day to cleanse your mess, so you are you have a relationship with him and you are you feel uncomfortable around him. But if he sends look, I'll explain it to you very simple. When you go to a hotel and usually in a hotel room you leave a mess. What are you going to clean? There's a cleaning lady that comes afterwards. But imagine, you pay for it. But imagine, it's not the cleaning lady that comes afterwards to clean. You see the owner of the place comes in every day, and he starts cleaning around, your, vacuuming your room. You're staying there for three days. He's vacuuming every day your room in the morning. He fixes the bed. You feel uncomfortable. On the second day, you're not going to mess so much. Why? It's a that comes. You're dealing with him right now directly. When a kadoshvuhu himself comes down and cleans your mess, it's a different thing. It's Lemanti Vared, then he sends somebody else. It's somebody else, so have a good day. You know, I'm not, I don't have anything directly to do with you. I'm not, I'm not feeling it. When you feel the balabai, you feel the owner, you feel it's there. melech ba sadeh. You feel him there and he comes and he takes care of the mess. You have a personal uh, feeling. Towards the, the host. And therefore, you are gonna be much more careful. And let's see his final world, words before we finish. He says over here again, on this very midah, he says, liot A person needs to be exactly like that. I'm gonna clean after him. Well, it doesn't make any sense. It's his job. שלא מכאן האדם לשוב or He says it openly. He says that you'll be embarrassed, because the Kaddosh is the one cleaning. It's not Malachim. He doesn't send the, the robot uh, cleaner to vacuum your carpet. No, he comes himself with the cleaner, with the vacuum, and he cleans <coughs> after you. So you're embarrassed. שרי That midah we need to implement as well. That when a person does something wrong to us, and there's, some, and, and, there's, and there's implications, there's something that happens because of that, there's bad results. So therefore, what do you do? Take care of it yourself. If you take care of it, are you obligated? No, you're not obligated. But when you do such a thing, you're following Ashkadosh Bukhu Midot. you are doing exactly what Ashkadosh Bukhu we do. And again, how would, you, how would you be able to do it easily? And be able to actually exercise those very, very hard midot if you feel like you feel like your children. Which means, when somebody did something, you th- need to think in your heart and in your head what would happen if it would be my little boy doing that. A mother cleans after her child every day. The mess that he does every day, he messes, and she goes and she vacuums, she cleans, she puts the toys together until he's a little bit older. And then she starts teaching him. But even after teaching him, she does it over and over and over and over again. And hopefully also fathers, but mothers definitely do it. And therefore, when we understand that it's my child, I can clean and I should clean the mess. If I understand that this person that stands in front of me is a child of somebody. Feel for him just like he would be your child. He's somebody's child. Yes, he's misbehaving. Yes, he's not doing things correctly. But if you feel for that person, if you would exercise that understanding that he's a child of somebody, let's start thinking that maybe how would I behave to him if he would be my child, would be much easier to implement those things. If we can... Thank you very much, and be zat Hashem we should have a successful Kodesh